0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back from Thanksgiving break. Nobody really took a break, but let's be honest, that last podcast was somewhat of a break, but it was pretty fun, too. Anyways, welcome back. I am Chrissy Baki. I'm the Hippie Christian Who Cares, and it is Christmas time. Like, instantly when I say that, though, I think of... Charlie Brown, uh, the song Christmas Time is Here and you picture them skating on the ice and you know, the um, Vince I'm going to look up his name. It's like Ghirardelli or something like that. That also sounds like the chocolate too. But anyways, you hear that music and it's just awesome. But the truth is, it's Advent. And you say Advent what the heck is Advent? Well, most of you are churchy, like I am, and so you probably know, but um, just the word Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. So you can probably guess that when we talk about Advent before Christmas, the arrival of a notable person, well, come on. Jesus is the reason for this season. So let's talk a little bit about Advent and what I am going to call an introduction to having a very messy Christmas. Yes, I called it having a very messy Christmas. Messy versus merry Because I think if you plan on a messy Christmas, you will not be disappointed. But if you plan on a Merry Christmas and a perfect Christmas, it's kind of like the way that I massacred Vince Giraldi's last name and said Ghirardelli, which is the chocolates you know what? Life is messy. We mess things up. And so Vince, I know you probably listen. I apologize that I didn't get your last name correct. Um, but to make it up to you, you can be a guest on my podcast. Just reach out to me at cares at gmail.com and we will make that happen. In the meantime, let's talk about this whole idea of a messy Christmas. And it how do we even know how to go about doing christmas anyways it's not like the bible gives us direction on this particular e- event like we know um we know how to do some jewish traditions because they were doing jewish traditions and those kinds of things are laid out in the bible which is often how we do um rituals in our church or how we base some of our holiday experiences, whether it be Easter or Christmas or whatever. But for the most part, it's not like after Jesus died, went to hell, ascended, I mean, resurrected and ascended. It's not like they instantly started celebrating Christmas. Like I don't, I I should have looked this up, but Christmas was really developed by humans. And this whole idea of Advent became part of the early church and how things were, you know, celebrated and um, remembered. It's all good. I'm not ripping on Christmas or Advent. I love them both. But it, a lot of it is man-made. And now... Christmas in itself is so secular that we do just have to be very, very careful. And so I, what I think is interesting is that I was looking up sort of an Advent devotion and I came across this devotion from tellingthetruth.org Stewart and Jill Briscoe. And I feel like I'd heard of those names before, and they both seem to have been in Christian ministry for a long time. Um, for whatever reason, Jill's name sounds more familiar than her husband's, but I don't know very much about them. I just know that I was looking for a devotion, and I found one that was called... Um, Oh, what was it called? I'm on a different page, but it was like 25 days to the manger or something like that. And this, I for whatever reason, I picked day seven because it was Christmas, the divine invasion. And when I got to this part, it's way towards the end. I'm not going to read the whole devotion. Feel free to look it up. But when I got to this particular part, I just was real. It just made me think like, this is so true. Meet him at the manger. Sorry, it was driving me nuts. So I did look it up on my phone while I was talking into the microphone. What am I doing? Like, that is just a disaster. Pay attention to your podcast. So it's the telling the truth dot um, org website and it's under like backslash read backslash advent backslash I think when you get there you'll find twenty five day Advent devotional meet him at the manger and this was day seven yeah why did I skip to day seven I don't know because I saw the invasion it was called the divine invasion christmas the divine invasion thought it looked great so when christmas just is messy and i am in love with christmas and i am one of those super up with people kind of people and want it to be great want it to be happy and want everybody to be happy but i have made myself miserable in years past, by having such high expectations. And I remember one year, I think I said this in another podcast, in another episode, not another podcast, I only have one, God forbid that I would try to do this twice, disaster. Anywho, um, I think I said this in another episode, though, I talked about how um, Pastor Guy Vogel spoke of the first family of Christmas. Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus and how their Christmas was a hot mess, that the very first Christmas, the birth of Christ was a hot mess. And just in the things that he was speaking of and how Mary must be feeling and all kinds of stuff, Yeah, I found myself like seriously crying in church. Thank God I was in like the second row. So people didn't see me cry because I always get real nervous of that. I'm a really bad crier. Um, I just, I don't want anybody, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. Um, I know it's, I need therapy. But anyways, and I just, uh, it was life changing because I just thought it's so true. And I remember also my mom gave me the Grinch Who Stole Christmas book for my birthday one year. And Inside it, it said um, to Chrissy, and it might have said Christina, um, who has Christmas in her heart all year long. Ah, isn't that so sweet? And she just, when somebody would ask her, are you ready for Christmas? She would be like, well, it is coming whether I'm ready or not. And it's so true. Like Christmas comes and it's here. And it doesn't matter if a Grinch steals our Christmas. It doesn't matter if the turkey falls on the floor as it did in the Christmas story. You know, it doesn't matter if, you know, Cousin Eddie shows up at your house. All of those things, um, or if you were visited by three ghosts, all of those things that might take away from your joy at Christmas. We just have to look to Jesus. And when we look and wait for the coming of this of this baby who would save us it's not such a bad thing so let me read to you this portion of the devotion that started this whole idea for this podcast and then we'll talk a little bit more about what the bible says and how when you really look at it it's super messy but i am actually going to start with um the quick commercial. I haven't done it in a while. Here's a snippet from the devotion from tellingthetruth.org. Meet him at the manger. The son of God vacated his heavenly throne for a lowly stable. The miraculous birth was nothing less than a divine invasion where the almighty word of God became a fragile human baby unable to speak. But we have allowed the divine invasion of that initial Christmas to degenerate into something sentimental. We have lots of clean straw and colored lights and beautiful oxen and well-behaved donkeys. A lovely girl with a halo around her head sits among shepherds kneeling and regal wise men adoring. There they gather beautifully and sentimentally around the manger in which the most magnificent child you ever did see slumbers silently. Yet the Son of God was born to demonstrate his power and dominion. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder." of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That is from Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, and that happens to be the New King James Version. It goes on to say, there was something majestic and eternal about this invasion. God came to earth as a human being in order to secure the redemption of his creation. What a divine idea. I thought that was so awesome and when it when it called us out for turning christmas into something sentimental it's so true we turn christmas into this beautifully packaged christmas pageant and please don't misunderstand that that I think that's a bad thing. I think Christmas pageants are a beautiful thing. And sometimes we have to bring it down to a child's level so that they can begin to understand who this Jesus is. But as adults, we need to look closer and deeper and with a more discerning eye and mind to really understand what what this lowly beginning means to all of us and who it's meant for which is each one of us and so you know the part where you know what did they say um The divine invasion where the almighty word of God became a fragile human baby baby, unable to speak. I mean, let's be honest. God himself could have sent Jesus in the form of Godzilla or the Incredible Hulk or some sort of transformer. You know, who knows? Like even just a majestic king You know, but instead he comes as a tiny baby, a messy human, a human that has skin and snot and saliva and poop and pee. I know poop and pee is funny. And who talks about Jesus going poop or pee? (laughs) embarrassing right i know it's not because jesus was human fully human and fully god and so yeah he gets it i'm guessing that there's probably a time or two where he had diarrhea like right and so when you have diarrhea you're like jesus remember that time you ate the bad fish yeah that's how i feel help me um you know, we we don't know there's so many things in the Bible we don't know, and it's not like that's important to our salvation, right? So we get diarrhea, we get constipated, whatever. Um, you have lots of saliva or not enough saliva. That happens to me often. My mouth gets so dry. Um, you know it. I drink on this podcast all the time, and when I say that, don't take it out of context. Do the soundbite and... And play it where it says, yeah, Chrissy says she drinks on her podcast all the time. It's water, okay? But my point being is, it's a messy start. It's a messy start. And let's really look at uh, what the Gospels speak of this messy start. The Gospels are the four chapters that start the New Testament in the Bible. New Testament, different than the Old Testament. The Old Testament, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one and they are all there. So Christ is in the Old Testament, but not in the form of a man, 100% man, 100% God. God has constructed his plan B Because Adam and Eve ruined plan A which was I will create humans in my image to have fellowship with me and be sinless but they have free will and first opportunity they get they blow it and they get kicked out of that experience and so sin separates us from God so we are separated and and death is the result. And and God says, oh, but I don't really want, I really don't want these beautiful humans that I have created in my image to die. So how do I pay that price? I get it. I'll send Jesus. I will send, I will go down to earth as man and show them the way, teach them the way, and then pay the price for their sins. I will die. I will go to hell. I will confront the devil and I will return and rise again so that my people can live forever. That's the gospel in a Chris Baki nutshell. That is why I'm the hippie Christian because I can just nutshell it the way that I want to. Um, And yet it's pretty close to what Churches that celebrate a risen Lord Jesus believe. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels. And I'll tell you, Luke is the place to go on Christmas, during Christmas, Advent, the whole nine yards to hear about the birth of Christ. The story of Jesus is told the best in Luke. Matthew comes a close second with. A little bit of a um, Joseph edge to it. Um, Mark has nothing. Mark just skips right to Jesus and what he's here for and what he's going to be doing. And John just puts it in this really sort of poetic sort of way that really, I don't know, is almost like these analogies that make such great sense and that connect with the Old Testament and the prophecies and I mean it speaks it spoke to the then and there and to the here and now. So John speaks of the birth of Christ, but it's just in a little bit different way than Luke does. So as I was just looking at the birth of Christ. I mean, it starts off with Gabriel coming to Mary and saying like, Hey, you know, I'm here because you have found favor with God. And she's like legit, greatly troubled that there's an angel in front of her. And I, you know, and she has found favor in God, but Mary's not perfect. So I'm just wondering if she's like, Oh my gosh, I lusted after Joseph or, you know, or I did something crazy. I can't even think of anything crazy Mary would do, but like, I don't know, like I, you know, I ate bread this morning. Like, I don't know what she did, but I'm wondering if she was scared because she was sinful. Um, Or was she scared because there's this huge angel in front of her and, you know, whenever you're alone and confronted by a man, you might be scared as a woman. I don't know, but she was scared. And then he tells her what God wants of her. And she is like, okay, I'll do it. And no wonder she found favor in God. Because anybody who is willing to accept all that she was accepting must be pretty amazing. But right away, we start off with some messy stuff because she's not married. She's pledged to be married to Joseph, but they're not married yet. And so she knows that she has never had sex with anybody, thus saying, hey, how's that going to work? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, you know, don't worry. This is Holy spirit kind of stuff. You know, we'll, we'll plant the seed and you take it from, you take it from there. Don't worry. We'll help you. So then you look at some of the other stuff in there and Verse 5 starts talking about that they have to go to Bethlehem because there's a census. And Joseph takes Mary with her. What in the world? Why did he do that? Like, we're going to talk, we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe I'll talk about that in another session. But that just seems crazy because that is like, you know, being nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey, like just that in general is Stupid, like, no, nobody's signing up for that. Um, and you're not, it's not like you're just taking a a small ride across town, you're like, you're going through several towns. Um, then when they get there, there's no place for them to stay. It's like, Joseph, like, I mean, I get that you can't call ahead, but you didn't know anybody like this is where you're originally from like have you been away that long um then she's going to deliver the baby she doesn't have clothes for the baby she, there's no help to deliver the baby there's then then a bunch of mangy dirty shepherds come to visit the baby there's no birth announcement no family there gathering around her and, you know, no gifts, no flowers, no celebration. And yet, and yet Mary ponders all of these things. And when she's pondering them is, is, does she go back to that God has found favor on her? And in that pondering, is she also pondering like, what have I gotten myself into? This is crazy. Matthew gives a little bit more of the account on sort of the Joseph side of things. Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and is clearly going to divorce her. And that's interesting because pledged to be married back in the day of biblical times was pretty much you're married and the bond is sort of legally binding, so to speak. You just haven't had the ceremony of the wedding and all of that. And so part of him, you know, it makes you wonder, did he do it because he's a good guy? It appears as though, yes, Joseph was a good man, but did he do it because he's a good man and he loved Mary? Did he do it because he knew that if he did it like he was planning to do it sort of privately and sort of secretly Did he do that because if he didn't, she could um, run the risk of being stoned to death for being an unwed mother? Did he do it to save face because your girlfriend had sex with somebody else and that's just embarrassing? Like, what kind of loser are you? Oh my goodness. I'm sure he thought lots of things, but I'm sure the first thing was i don't believe you and and we don't we don't get to hear that conversation because that conversation isn't what matters what matters is joseph sleeps on it an angel comes and said mary's telling the truth and because of that joseph then marries her And, and the angel gives some pretty specific instructions like Mary's telling the truth. So marry her, bring her into your home, but don't have sex with her. And that's kind of a perk of being married. I will say to everyone who's listening that is not married or is young. Um, It really is the perk of being married well, not the only perk. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Like this is a Christian broadcast for heaven's sakes. Let's not start talking about how much fun sex is, but it is a gift that God gives us. That's what my mom used to say. And don't get me wrong. She's not lying, but wow, mom, you know, there's lots of better ways to tell your kids about sex. Anyways, the angel specifically says you cannot have sex with her she is pregnant this is holy this is divine it's um it's not human made and so it is important that she stays a virgin and again we read what is written And so I'm not sure if the conversation with the angel was longer than what we got. But all I know is Joseph obeyed and did what was right for God and took Mary into his home and did not have sex with her until after Jesus was born when they had other children. And at that point, I'm sure Mary was so in love with Joseph because he stood by her and helped her and defended her and the whole nine yards. So again, lots of messiness there. That sounds like like nothing but drama, right? And when you think about Christmases, sometimes isn't it just a lot of hard work, a lot of messiness, a lot of changing of plans, a lot of frustration, a lot of arguments, a lot of messiness. I went Black Friday shopping. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did not get up at the crack of dawn to do it, but my niece, Emma, and I, and usually my daughter, Susie, love just going out and being amongst the crazy people and it is fun getting a bargain or two it makes you greedy hundred percent you know i for sure overspent and overindulged and bought stuff i didn't need to and you know it may sometimes it makes me think um, black friday is the reason we need good friday and so in but even that makes me think of sort of the messy Christmas. And it also makes me sort of defend why we have turned it into something sentimental. You can look at Black Friday as awful and sinful, and you're certainly not wrong if you do sometimes i think there's goodness there sometimes i think it's fun to go out and play and be amongst people and no matter what at the end of the day christmas is about jesus christ christmas is us creating a holiday centered around the birth of christ no matter how messy it was it comes out perfect in an empty tomb, in a risen Lord Jesus that saves us from all of the ugliness and the sinfulness and just the covering up of who we really are and what Christmas is really about and pretending to be people that we're not. And so while Christmas is messy, and I say, you know, get ready to have a messy Christmas, I want your messy Christmas to be a merry messy Christmas. It's okay that I am sitting here in front of this microphone in an absolute disaster of a mess. And I think I've said this before, which clearly tells me it's hard for me to get my life together sometimes. But on top of that, I'm about 20 pounds heavier than I was last year, wah, wah, but thanks be to God that that doesn't shatter me. Thank you, Jesus, that I can love who I am, whether I am 20 pounds skinnier or 20 pounds heavier, because I'm made in God's image, and I'm not perfect, and Most of the people I know don't love me better when I'm 20 pounds heavier or 20 pounds lighter. There is something to be said about taking care of yourself and, you know, treating your body well, but there's also something to be said for not obsessing over it, not shaming yourself or others over it, whether it's your messy house or your body shape or your mental condition. Sometimes we got to grant ourselves some grace for the anxiety that Christmas brings us. It's okay that this season that expects everybody to be happy and joyous and lighthearted it's not that easy for a lot of us it's not that easy when there's things that set you off and make you uncomfortable and and you don't want to disappoint anybody but you don't feel like necessarily being in that party situation either. Recognize that. Maybe this is a year of grief for you. And that takes on a whole different meaning. Recognize who you are and what you need to focus on having a merry messy Christmas. I come from a family of six children, and I am the youngest. And we notoriously badger somebody at Christmas time until somebody is mad or crying or frustrated. It's ridiculous. I mean, we relentlessly tease each other, make jokes, do pranks, give, give bad gifts on purpose. I mean, honestly, Christmas Vacation has nothing on the Hanwall family. That's my maiden name. And, because we're ridiculous. And I, I will speak in defense that most of the time everybody's doing it out of love. But, oh my goodness, we have had so many messy Christmases. And yet, if you called any of my five brothers and sister you may know my sister. Her name is Susie and she is my number one fan. But if you called any of them and say, Hey, tell me about your family Christmas. All of us would paint a picture of a super happy family um, that gave gifts from the heart and had lots of fun and lots of food and a beautiful Christmas tree. And it would sound like a Hallmark movie. And in a way, it's a mixture of both of those things. And I think that when we admit that, yeah, our fa- my family gets real irritating. And sometimes, you know, Susie, you just need to go to the quick trip to get out of the house for a few minutes. Or we need to sneak off in a room and just vent for a minute. Yeah, that's sinful too, let's be honest. But There's really no buts, but I'm just saying that as humans, recognizing that Christmas is messy and it's okay and granting grace and understanding that that grace that we grant each other is only given because of this tiny baby who comes to us at Christmas and that's who we wait for and that's where the messy Christmas can become super duper merry. One year, our Christmas tree literally fell over on Christmas Eve. And my daughter Susie was pretty young, um, but old enough to have had worked really hard to get the tree up. And was so sad that it fell down as my son and I laughed our heads off. And I laugh because I don't like to cry and I had rather instantly turn something into something good. And that's not always good either because without the hard things in life, without the messy things in life and the things that make us sad, then we can't fully experience the joy So when I say get ready to have a a messy Christmas, I just want you to be prepared. And Advent is how we prepare, how we prepare for the coming of this child that would become our Savior, that is our Savior, and would take all the messiness of our Christmas and the messiness of our life to the cross. And how do you go about having a messy Christmas? I mean, a Merry Christmas. In Matthew, they point out in Matthew, let me see what in Matthew chapter one, it points out that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, and the prophet was Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What a great way to start Advent off, knowing that your Christmas does not have to be perfect, that you can completely get away with knowing Christmas is going to be nothing but a hot mess, and you will make it fun simply by focusing on Emmanuel, God with us. He was with us from the beginning from the time that he created earth and all of us in it and he was with us at the first Christmas fully human fully God he's with us on the cross because there he takes on all of our sin he's with us in the resurrection and the ascension because in baptism and communion and accepting that Jesus is your Savior makes us part of all of those things and so how do you have a merry messy Christmas by focusing on Emmanuel God with us keep coming back for my Advent series not sure I'll keep talking about the messiness of Christmas although looking around here I got a lot to talk about got lots of lofty goals for Christmas, but let's focus on God with us. And who knows what the next Advent show will be. So come on back. I love all of you guys.